You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Hey friends, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. It's Ben. It's Matt. It's nice to uh, nice nice of you to press play on this uh, on this episode with uh, Jared Boyd, who yeah. is this is the um, Jared's a new friend. Um, it's just somebody that somebody new that we've uh, started to get to know. Yep, mostly online, following on Twitter, etc. Mm-hmm. A friend of a friend uh, is a friend of mine named. Jason Coker, who uh, introduced me a while back to Jared Boyd, but it was nice to talk to him Yeah, about his book that you use quite a bit with your kids, yeah? Yeah, I've used it with my kids. Yeah. We're, t- we're trying to make it a rhythm, mm. um, but I, I love it. Yeah. I, I haven't found a better resource to teach my kids how to pray mm-hmm. and to talk to my kids about spiritual things, like like a sort of a, a catechism, if you will, mm. of sorts. Yeah. Than uh, this book, hmm. it it marries I like praise. it marries like imaginative prayer, spiritual direction, and catechism for a parent who perhaps feels like they don't even know how to pray hmm. imaginatively, or they they've never had spiritual direction, or they've never been catechized. If that's you, <laughs> uh, this book will not only help you with your kids, but it helps you. It will actually do that for you too. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. It, it, I, I can't speak highly enough about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really great resource. Um, actually, it's it's been out for a while, right? Um, it's not a new resource. It's been out for a while. I think um, I may have walked through it a little bit a few years ago, actually, with a couple of my kids mm-hmm. uh, when it first came out. So, um, yeah, it's a great resource. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I'll also just mention, you know, we do, uh, this is a, this is the last part of our parenting mini series. Uh, we've been doing, I think this is the fifth one. Um, but who's counting? It's Corona. It's Corona tide and yeah. uh, time has no meaning anymore. Nope. Um, but anyway, but, uh, if you want to, um, if you want us in the fall, if things are cleared for travel, etc., um, all of that kind of stuff, if it feels safe to everyone, uh, we are booking some parenting workshops, parenting and grace and truth, uh, for the fall. And so, um, hook us up, just email us podcast at gravityleadership.com. Yeah. Uh, just to check out what that might look like. It's also, I'll put a link in the show notes, but you can find it at gravityleadership.com slash parenting. Um, but basically taking a lot of our, um, the principles, uh, of discipleship and, um, the kind of adopting the posture of Jesus in everyday life and applying it specifically to the task, uh, of parenting. Yes. And, uh, it's a, it's a great little workshop. I learn something every time we do it actually. So yeah, it's a great workshop. Mm-hmm. It's a Man. great workshop. Yeah. It's a great. All right. All right, friends. I think that is all we need to say about Jared. Yeah, that's it. You're, let's, you're, let's just get into You're it. ready for this? Here we go. Mm-hmm. Jared Boyd, welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, I got to say this. You look like you're in a sound booth from the year 2040. You've got like uh, Morse code on the. What, what's going on back there? Yeah, it's actually <laughs> it's actually 2042. You oh. really close to that. So <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> no, it's uh it's like a little private room at the uh, co-working space that I'm a part of here in Columbus, yes. Ohio. Nice. We used to have Very a co-working good. space we were a part of, and then they ruined it. Back, back in the day. <laughs> that's, a long, that's a long story. This podcast isn't about. Uh, how uh, people ruined the aesthetics that you loved, Matt. No, but I love your aesthetic. And if I had that aesthetic, I'd be at the uh, co-working space in my town. But that's not what we're here for. We are here to discuss... We're doing this series on parenting and on discipling our kids. Um, because it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a rascally animal, you know, trying to, trying to um, you know, shove Jesus down our kids' throats. So... One of the things that you've done, Jared, is you wrote a book called Imaginative Prayer, a year-long guide for your child's spiritual formation. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, but before we do that, would you just introduce yourself to our audience? What, uh, what do you do and what keeps you busy? Yeah, so I do a handful of things. Um, I am the father of four girls. So I have uh, four, four girls. <laughs> can't believe that, but I do. (laughs) Uh, Three of which are teenagers. So age 16, 14, 13, and nine. Mm. Uh, My wife is Jamie and we live on the west side of Columbus, Ohio, and we are church planting a contemplative faith community called Franklinton Abbey as part of the Vineyard Churches. And uh, about four or five years ago, I started a religious order for the 21st century called the Order of Sustainable Faith, which is actually going to be emerging in August under a new name uh, called the Order of the Common Life. And mm. just tried to, I've been working on this for almost a decade now, trying to figure out what, what would it look like to uh, reimagine monasticism for the 21st century. And there's others that have have contributed to that. So 
so yeah, that's what primarily keeps me busy. And I've been teaching in a school of spiritual direction with sustainable faith uh, for the past four or five years. Yeah, that's great. So you're you're basically like if if the charismatic movement and the contemplative movement had a baby, like you're you're the golden boy. Like that's, yeah. that's what you're, you're trying to do a contemplative contemplative sort of expression. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the grandparents would be the sacramental tradition. So I'm trying to bring together the charismatic, yeah. the contemplative, and the sacramental, which is probably mm-hmm. like a totally other podcast because I could I could talk about that for a long time. Hey, Strinky, I feel like that's we what should. we're doing. Uh, it's very similar. We we should talk, uh, and we should have another uh, podcast about uh, that. Where we about that uh, with you? Yeah. I, I'm, I have I have a million questions that just fired off in my brain. I'm like, <laughs> we can't talk about that. We're here to talk about parenting. Discipline yourself. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to restrain myself. But right. uh, that's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. exciting. All exciting stuff. It's good. Yeah. So so then um, maybe tell us some of your story, Jared. Did you come out of the charismatic movement and then reach into contemplative and sacramental? Is that how it worked? So I would say I grew up in a more fundamentalist tradition. So I grew up in the Nazarene church in Southern Ohio. Uh, so yeah, uh, which, you know, honestly, I'm so grateful for so much in that tradition. I came to the Lord there uh, through a wonderful conversion experience uh, where what I now know what happened to me was I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I began to weep. <laughs> and if somebody were sitting next to me, they could have articulated that for me. Um, but most people just had no idea what to do with me mm. at that mm. moment. And I talk about that a little bit, you know, even in relation to my book is because I had an experience of God that I didn't have another experience of God for like another seven years when I showed up at a vineyard church in 1994 in Cincinnati. Mm. And so uh, I've been in the vineyard for uh, 25 plus years now. And so that's really the tradition that I, that I claim. And that I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a baby of the vineyard at this point though. I think maybe a bit of a strange baby. So. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's, let's speak about how you began to do things that the vineyard parents were a little uncomfortable with. So at some point you got in touch with, um, spiritual direction and spiritual formation. Can you just tell us about how that how you got introduced to that and why that became important to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I think basically my life was falling apart and my faith was crumbling. So, you know, we talk, so Mm -hmm. everyone is talking so much these past three or four years about the deconstruction. Um, I went through that 15, 16 years ago in a radical way um, where I I lost my faith at an apologetics conference at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And, um, I mean, lost it completely, completely lost my faith. And what what helped me sort of crawl back to Jesus was really two things. Um, the very big books of N.T. Wright, uh, mm-hmm. for whom I am so grateful uh, for his work, and the contemplative tradition. So I began to pray uh, the hours using Phyllis Tickle's books. Uh, I got introduced to the practice of centering prayer. I found a spiritual director that I began meeting with who became my my mentor, Dave Nixon, uh, who I have tremendous amount of respect and love for. We've worked now together for uh, almost 10 years in some form. So I think that the contemplative tradition really saved me and it saved me through an encounter with, with God who is alive. 
Yeah, and which so, is the same yeah. thing that you encountered as a Nazarene in the charismatic tradition. So it's interesting that in both of your major shifts that you've narrated here, it's been encountering God, but one was maybe much more of a charismatic experience or um, uh, cataphatic experience, and the other mm-hmm. one was an apophatic experience, right? So um, that's that's really powerful, man. I would wish that upon my kids if I could, you know, having yeah. both. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we need to make room for both in the life of children, and I think we. I, I guess my my thinking is that we don't often think about what are the contours of the life that we're creating for our children that would make such a thing possible for them. Yes, yes. And so that's really what what the book is really about. Is it's really groundwork for. Um, the direct experience of God and the transformation that flows out of that experience. Yeah, well, the title, um, I know you probably didn't pick the title, but the title actually is only a part of what your book does. So the title is Imaginative Prayer, but it, it really is, um, it's really a book on helping parents disciple their kids. It's imaginative prayer. It's catechesis. Uh, and it's spiritual direction like all rolled into one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, uh, it's, it's not that imaginative prayer isn't, um, important. It's just that it's one piece of something you do here. Uh, tell us, tell us about how the book came to be. Were you just doing experiments on your girls and you started to write stuff down? Uh, did you go away somewhere and write a demon on this? Like, how did you, <laughs> how did you produce this? Yeah. I mean, it just came out of my own story. So, as part of that contemplative tradition, I got introduced to the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Yeah. I uh, went through the exercises, um, had a profound encounter uh, going through the exercises and began to realize that um, the only tools that I had in my tool belt for discipling my kids uh, felt like part of like my old life. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I was, I was, uh, associate pastor at a, at a church here in Columbus. I was overseeing maybe a hundred kids in kids ministry. And I was trying to figure out how do we get this way of walking with Jesus into the life of our kids. Most of the curriculum is really virtue based, um, hmm. which can you I say sort- what that is? Yeah. Define that. I, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the curriculum out there is if you really get under the hood and sort of like, what is like the driving force behind this sort of, you know, maybe more philosophically minded, like what's the telos of this thing? <laughs> it's to get our kids to behave better. Yes. Oftentimes those curriculums are really designed to build virtue in our kids. But I just don't think that that's how virtue is formed. I think it's formed mm-hmm. uh, well, like Jesus says it is from the inside out, <laughs> yes. you know? So yeah. you'll know, you'll know the, yeah the fruit comes from inner transformation and so I just, it, it was really born out of a desire to recognize that I was changing as a person and as a father and as a pastor and as a thinker based upon my experience of God in times of silence and solitude and contemplation, not because I was studying about how to become more virtuous. Right. Mm. Right. So it wasn't sort of, uh, you, your character wasn't transformed through a hyper-focused uh, in input into your cognition exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah. rather or even yeah the other thing i hear you saying is that or even a focus on reforming my character 
That's right. Like you didn't set out to say, I need to, I need to stop being such a terrible person or I need to, I need to reform my character that it, virtue in and of itself is a byproduct of opening yourself more fully to the love of God and allowing it to impact you and count, you know what I mean? And out of that flows virtue. That's right. It's a byproduct. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we don't think like that normally. <laughs> yeah. Especially as Americans, I feel like we're, we're wanting to manage things and turn everything into a project and, you know, including ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is where the, the monastic, kids. yeah, that's right. I think this is where the monastic stream has sort of imprinted itself on me in ways that I just can't unattach from now because, um, yeah, just that, that direct experience of the love of God sitting in the presence of God. This is where that sacramental piece comes in. Um, it's just all throughout it's all throughout the stream that brings us all of the contemplative practices, which all of which were carried into the future by the monastic stream. And I just think that that's how, how people change. And I think that ultimately we've got to, we've got to think through, um, yeah, maybe our kids aren't going to have these wonderful experiences of God because, um, you know, there's developmental aspects attached to that as well, but could we create a context where, they're open to it and where it's more likely to happen. Yes. You know. And I think where it's likely to happen, but it won't be an adult experience of God. It'll be a child's experience of God. Mm -hmm. Right. And so God knows how to encounter children at whatever developmental level they're at. Hmm. And I feel like the, the approach that, um, that your book takes and the approach that you're talking about, a contemplative approach is an approach that trusts the Holy spirit to actually encounter our children. And yeah. to speak to them in way, rather than us deciding ahead of time, this is what you need to know. This is the kind of experience you should be having. Here's the mechanics of how to have that experience, right? It's more just opening the space and allowing God to meet our kids uh, and just sort of almost just see what happens, you know? Yeah. See, see how God does meet them. That's right. And, yeah. and the pushback to that has been, well, what if something goes wrong or how do we know that it's <laughs> God? And, yeah. and that's where we become attentive parents. And, you know, like, so for, I'll just give you a, an example that just came to my mind of maybe six months ago. Um, my nine-year-old came to me after church because, you know, she's in church with us most of the time. Um, and she said, during our time of silence, so we sit in silence every week as a church for 10 to 12 minutes. And she said, during our time of silence, I had this image come to my mind where God was like a dragon. And I was like, Okay. And so I just, but I just was attentive to it. I said, tell me more yeah. about that. So this is where that spiritual director hat comes on. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think God is like a dragon? Um, and she says, I think that God loves like a dragon. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. Now I'll just, we could stop there. Like that's yeah. all, that's mm. all she needed mm, you know, yeah. from yeah. that day. Because for her, somehow she was on this imaginative, like just in her own world, not because I led her through anything. She was thinking yeah. about dragons uh -huh. and she knows that dragons are fierce. And yeah. now she knows that God is a fierce lover. Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. But, God loves like a dragon. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. that this takes like a lot of um, <laughs> surrender. Yes. To the work of the Holy spirit. Yes. Uh, which again is the contemplative and the charismatic sort of blended into one in a ways that we just, 
in the American church were just not well formed for. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com slash academy. Yeah, you find you find uh, churches in denominations that ha- that are like fringe in their denominations that kind of do these streams well. But in terms of like an expression that, you know, you can just trust if it has X name on it or Y name on it, it's going to be, you know, a blending or a marrying of these traditions. You just can't find that, um, which is why I think this book is so helpful, Jared. I, I think a lot of books that I read about how to help kids, how to disciple your kids, how to help your kids pray, how to bring your kids through a catechesis, um, how to have spiritual conversations with your kids. They tell us to do things that we've never experienced before, right? That's right. So yes. it just says, uh, here's here's what imaginative prayer is. I'm going to define it. I'm going to I'm going to tell you what to do, and then and then I I'm just going to sh- send you off into the bedtime routine, you know, to do it. But what's so helpful about this book is that you actually tell us what to pray, like you give us a script as a parent that. Um, and as I was reading through this book, like I was praying these prayers. Like I need to pray these prayers. That's right. Yeah. Like these are these are good for my eight year old and my eleven year old, but they're also good for me. And so um, maybe maybe just to give our listeners an idea of how you what you're doing, could you walk us through how you structure each chapter and how that fits into the overall scope of the book? Yeah, that, that's uh, that's great. I'd be happy to do that. So you're really touching on the main you know, core of the intention of this book, which is to, to have parents and kids experience something together. Mm-hmm. So when you think about catechism, actually the original title of this book that I pitched was Reimagining Catechism. Oh, yeah. Um, but to, to the credit of my editors, no <laughs> one wants to buy a book about catechism. <laughs> so what a question on the top of people's minds, man, exactly. I sure love catechesis, but I wish we could, I wish was the way. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm really grateful for the work uh, and the folks at IVP for, mm. for helping to repackage it um, and pushing back on that a little bit. And, and all that to say is that I, I believe that, that, catechism really needs to happen as a result of transformation Mm. uh, that is articulated from one person to another. And so you think about, you know, just even like what we have received, we pass on to you. It's that traditioning process um, that we talk about, you know, even in the early church. So Mm. you can't, this is an, an Ignatian principle is that you can't give away what you don't have. And so to your point, the structure of the book is I'm introducing a concept. I'm asking a parent to first interact with their experience of that concept. So for example, the first 
imaginative prayer is uh, the most important part of the story is that God loves so many things. Yeah, can and, I just say, can I just say, Jared, real quick? That's the catechism question for the first thing. I just want to read it. Can I do that? Yeah, go for um, it. It says, question, what is the most important part of the story? Answer, the most important part of the story is that God loves so many things. I'm like crying now, dude. Like, like imagine, imagine if that was the bedrock of every adult's spirituality. Yeah. Like, imagine how different the Christian witness in America would be. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm with you. But that's like, that's what we get in Genesis. It's this massive sort of like love explosion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this, you know, the the Holy Spirit, uh, like a dove hovering over the waters, wooing creation into existence with her voice. You know, that's how, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so I, I always imagine that as sort of like the spirit of God sings creation into existence. Um, Yes. And so um, what I'm wondering with parents is, would you be willing to allow this material to engage you, Matt, in the same, in the way that you are articulating it has engaged you? Mm. And then you can, now you have something to give away and you can just give away whatever you have just received. And so then they're experiencing the imaginative prayer together But the interesting thing about imagination is that we can share an imaginative experience. Like right now, if everyone were to imagine a purple elephant, um, we're we're both sharing that experience, but we're also having an individualized experience because mine looks probably different than yours. Yeah. Right, right. Um, And so then we do that with parents in an imaginative prayer. And then on the backside, I give a week's worth of instruction uh, really coaching and how to spiritually direct your child for the next week related to that particular thing. Yeah. So hmm. for, for those okay. of our listeners who are uh, unfamiliar with spiritual direction, how would you, how would you differentiate that or delineate that from maybe just discipleship or teaching? Like what, what is the spiritual direction component of this book? What are you helping us do? Yeah. So the way I define spiritual direction is, A spiritual director is someone that helps you notice the work of God in your life and around you, Um, you know, with a different set of eyes and from a different perspective. Yeah. And so even if you're sitting right next to someone in a room at a party, um, you you have a very similar view, but you actually have a slightly different view as well Mm. because of the direction you're facing, direction they're facing. So a spiritual director is... Uh, is meant to do that work is to help you notice what's happening in you. And like I've, I've met with my spiritual director for five or six years now, uh, almost every month for five or six years. Hmm. And he now has, he's sort of the holder of my spiritual growth and my spiritual um, arc. And Hmm. when I'm struggling with something, he and I both are able to see together, oh, this is just the same stuff that I was working through three years ago. Yeah. It's showing up in a different form. And that's okay. Mm. I, will, I guess we'll just talk <laughs> about it again. <laughs> yeah. 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 So okay. when I'm thinking about it as a parent to a child, I'm, I'm wanting to equip parents with this, with the tools to be able to ask really helpful questions that help, 
foster some healthy self-awareness in the life of our kids. Um, both on a normal life basis, but also then on a spiritual basis, which, you know, obviously we know there's no such thing as distinguishing be between those two things. So, right. um, hey, I noticed that you're angry right now. Can, do you want to talk about that? Um, is both a normal life question, but it's also a spiritual life question. Yeah. Can you say more about why it's a spiritual life question? Um, oh, gosh, I, sh I certainly could. Like, I mean, our emotions reveal what's going on on the inside in ways that we are not able to articulate. And so getting, you know, the language that's been helpful to me is this, this idea of getting curious about, I wonder why I'm so angry right now. And then not to feel shame about the things that you're feeling, but then to, to bring those in curiosity before God in prayer and before a spiritual director. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? This is, this is what we do at gravity. I feel like, I feel like we're, we're, um, we're doing very similar things. Um, with when we train and coach our leaders, we're helping them be compassionately curious about yeah. ways that God's involved and present to them. Yeah. 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 That, that for us too is the, I think the resonance, you know, why uh, the gravity leadership podcast, it's got leadership in the name, like why, why parenting, like we, we introduced this at the beginning of the series, but like why, why parenting seems like such a iconic relationship that teaches us what it really means to lead like in the kingdom of God. Like it, it it's a really helpful, there's, there's just so many analogs and, and, uh, relationships kind of back and forth there. So yeah. it's really helpful to, to, to think both ways, you know, to think from our parenting to our leadership in more in general, and also to think from our leadership to our parenting, like that's been really fruitful for me. So, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if you've encountered this, Jared. Um, but I, I, the, the tradition I, I came to faith in like the more conservative evangelical tradition, there was a, a privileging of the intellect and a mm. deep suspicion of the imagination. So mm. so rationality was the queen or the king, if you would, of, of like what it means to be a human. But then there were like emotions and imagination and maybe desires. And you can't trust any of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's there be dragons, you know, like yeah, off, that's off the right. map. Yeah. Right. Um, could you could you maybe give us. Uh, an imagination, no pun intended, for why the imagination is crucial and vital, especially for our children. Like why, why imaginative prayer and not just the Lord's prayer? Yeah. Um, yes. Though I, uh, one caveat is that you know you could imaginatively pray the Lord's prayer as well. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the the thing about imagination, there's this real sweet spot between I I find between. Uh, between about second grade and sixth grade, where there's enough, mm. there's enough playfulness that is still present in the life of our kids mm. and a growing degree of, of uh, formation and, and concrete thinking that you can sort of mix the playfulness and the concrete thinking together. And the reality is, is the imagination is already it's a, it's something that our kids already are well versed in. It's not a new mm -hmm. skill. Mm -hmm. Yes. So my my daughter, my nine year old, has 
an outdoor kitchen where she can make mud pies and mud cupcakes for hours. Um, huh. It's just, it's a natural skill for kids. And, you know, we, yeah. we know this, you know, even through, you know, Jerome Berriman's work with godly play. Yes. Um, that's in more the Catholic tradition. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was very informative to some of my thinking early on. Um, so it's just something that they already, they already have. And here's the really interesting thing where we, we, we talk about uh, memory and neuroscience, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the work of Kurt Thompson. Um, yeah. yeah. Love, love Kurt was also very impactful for me in this formation of this book, but we can create memories through our imagination. Yes. And so if a child imagines that Jesus comes to them and comforts them, um, it's not that it only has happened sort of in the spiritual realm. It literally gets embedded as a memory in their brain. Yeah. And, and God can like, you know, in the same way that we have trauma instances or, you know, years ago I walked into my grandfather's barn after he had passed away and I immediately began to cry. Mm. Right. So like, and all of these memories flush back. So we've yeah. got these trigger points, both negatively and positive. And I'm just wanting to deposit more positive things into the life of our kids than uh, Bible sword drills or Bible memory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, so I was just on a call before this, one of our cohort calls, and we were talking about this, this, this very thing where I think uh, somebody was talking about a little bit of imaginative prayer where they were, so not too much backstory, but they were realizing that a present day incident was related for them to an incident from their childhood, right? It was like, wow, this is bringing up these traumatic memories of being bullied when I was a kid, you know, that kind of thing. And so, you know, in, in the process of the call, we sort of said, well, pay attention to that. And he mentioned that he had done some imaginative prayer, asking God, like, where were you in the midst of this process? And, and he, you know, he had some powerful sort of things come back to his mind, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, I, and I realized that I think one of the objections that we oftentimes have to that is like, you're just making something up to feel better, right? But uh, what we ended up talking about on this call was actually no. Because if the truth is that Jesus is always with us, then my memory of being bullied is actually not a, like, it's not fully real if, it, if God's not there. If I don't, if I'm unaware of where God is in my memory, it doesn't mean that he wasn't there. It just means that I was unaware. And I can ask God to show me where were you so that I can remember more clearly what was actually real in that moment, which yeah. can, which can, you know, help to heal some of that trauma. That's right. Anyway, I was just realizing like it's a really powerful way of, and I'm relating it to what you're saying here. Like it's a really powerful way of using our imaginations not as a way of making things up, but as a way of uh, perceiving what's real. That's right. right. Yeah. Perceiving what's real below the surface of our awareness, oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, mm. that, what you just narrated, my understanding comes from that sort of inner healing prayer tradition, and um, yeah, I think the, the work that this book and imaginative prayers with kids is meant to do is, uh, to not necessarily heal past things, but to create places of, um, of refuge and, uh, yeah. connection, 
um, yes. for the future, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's rooted in, I think the powerful thing about it is realizing that just because my imagination is involved does not mean that it's rooted in unreality somehow. It's actually rooted more fully in reality if we can engage our imagination and trust that God will meet us in the midst of that um, and, and create memories for us about what's really happening here. Yeah, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, one of the things that comes to my mind is think about the way that Jesus teaches or the way that Scripture is articulated. Uh, the prophets, they're always using imagery. And so it's like when you, when Jesus stands up and says, I am the light of the world, I am the bread of life. When he says, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, I am the vine, mm -hmm. you are the branches. These are all, these are all images that people are going to like think about. Yeah. And so I just think that this is, um, we, we shouldn't be afraid of story. It's just, mm. it's just analogy. It's just metaphor that uh, I love Walter Brueggemann talks about how the doctrinal tradition sort of narrows mm. the experience mm. of God and mm. the reason that we need the poets and the prophets. And then I would add the imaginators mm. is that it expands the experience of God. Mm. So. Yep. Yeah. Part of the work. Awesome. Part of the work, unhelpful work that our language does is that imaginary means fantasy or made up or not true. And I think I think one of the things that this book does is it reclaims the faculty that God has given us with which to perceive and experience him. And it says, no, this isn't fantasy. This is deeper, wider, more full reality. And and unless we engage it and reclaim it, it's going to run anyway. So, like, we can't not be an imaginative creature. Uh, we can either put our stake in the ground for Jesus there or, you know, sure. just give up give up the land. And that's yeah. what I think this book was helpful. So, so anyway, just as we close, Jared, I, I want to give our listeners an idea. You've got five, six parts to this book. God's love is part one, and you have six different prayer catechesis uh, journeys in there. Uh, loving others is part two. Forgiveness is part three. Jesus is the king, part four. The good news of God and the mission of God. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm like almost lost for words. I, I have wanted, I kind of stumbled into imaginative prayer with my kids, like, like as like um, the last resort, so I I had my uh, my my son would have thoughts or problems and I couldn't talk him out of them and I couldn't uh, I couldn't like punish him out of them or shame him out of them you know what I mean I couldn't like throw all the all the devices of the world at him and I found myself like at the end of my rope as a dad basically entering into imaginative prayer with my son. And as I'm doing it, I'm thinking, no one ever did this for me. Mm -hmm. And and I really wish I had an imaginative prayer life like the one I'm giving my son right now. Um, and, and so I just want to come in this book. I think it, it actually disciples and forms us as parents on how to reclaim this vast territory that God is waiting to meet us in, which is our imagination. And so I, I just, 
I'm just so thankful for this. Mm. Um, and I want to know, like, are, are you continuing to explore and expand these six concepts? Are you, are you adding, are, you, are there plans to add more or how, how do you do things with your kids now? Yeah. So maybe I'll, I'll answer the first thing and then I'll, I'll go to yeah. the second. Um, the first is that actually starting in July, I'm going to be reading um, these on video and posting them on to Instagram. So particularly mm. during this time, I just thought I would love to bless churches and families with this. So um, I'm sure we can link people there. Yeah. Um, so I just, I want to be able to just really lead people through this process and introduce them into that. Um, mm. And I am going to be expanding some of the thinking around this, I'm going to create a course for parents and uh, like ministry workers that will probably launch in the fall around this imaginative prayer. Uh, Cause mm. I, what I'd love to see, and I've seen it happen in a couple of churches where a whole church just sort of gets on board with this um, mm. for, for a season, you know, um, and to allow this to really breathe through the life of the church. Um, yeah. So in terms of, you know, my, my kids are older now, so it feels much more, um, like, like spiritual direction, um, mm-hmm. without the imaginative prayers, but, you know, even to, to jump off what you were saying, Matt, when my kids are going through a hard time, what I, what I do is I, I offer to pray for them and I'll often, um, just invite the Lord's presence to be with us. And sometimes I'll just do sort of an extemporaneous, um, invitation to my kids. You know, if you could, uh, if you could ask God to say one thing to you right now, what would mm-hmm. you, what would you want Him to say to you? What do you need to hear from Him? And just create that space. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the challenge, of course, is when God doesn't say anything or they don't hear anything. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. That opens up a whole another conversation of, yeah, yeah, buddy, that happens to me sometimes too. Um, I tell you what, I'll tell you more about it. Like the next time we go get ice cream, like it just. You just keep building on that experience and it's always a conversation. Yes. Awesome. Well, Jared, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for writing this book. Um, you mentioned your Instagram and maybe some pastoral resources. Where uh, where else can people find you online virtually? Yeah, just Jared, jaredpatrickboyd.com will we'll give you a, a quick way to connect with me. Um, and then on the Instagram, I, my Facebook page, and Instagram was hacked on Easter Sunday this year. So I oh, am starting from scratch uh, <laughs> on Instagram. So I would love some people to go to Instagram. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, uh, uh, my friend Ben Sturkey also had his Facebook. Dude, hacked. the same thing happened to me. And and I can't get it back. They uploaded some propaganda or something like that. And Facebook's like, you violated the terms of service. Exact like, same thing happened to me. Really? Yeah. I try, And I tried to reason with them, but I feel like I'm talking to a computer. I probably am. Yes. I mean, yeah. we, we, are, right. we are talking to a computer. So I just yeah. I just relaunched like two weeks ago and just going to yeah. start, start again. I, yeah. I've been contemplating if I want to relaunch or just say, you know what? Uh, maybe we're done here. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll, <laughs> well, I'll I'll uh, I'll ping Zuckerberg. See what I can do for you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Jared, yeah, thanks. Yeah. You're welcome, Jared. Uh, thanks for being with us, man. God bless you. God bless your ministry. Um, the book again is Imaginative Prayer, or uh, uh, Rethinking Catechesis, a year-long guide <laughs> for your child's spiritual formation. Heartily commend it. Thanks for being with us today, Jared. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Peace.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.